Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we are going to do an NWSL weekend recap for you all. But quick, before we get on into everything, a reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube for NWSL extended highlights, exclusive interviews, our live recaps, and so much more. YouTube.com slash attacking third. Subscribe. It helps us out big time here on the show. Lisa, we're doing this live on a Sunday where there's no matches. Everything has been put away on Friday and Saturday, and we get to just do this on a Sunday with our listeners. It was, yeah. Friday, couple matches. Saturday, four that we went through last night. Um, so we decided, why not do a little brunch this morning with our listeners and our fans live on YouTube? Um, so thanks everyone for joining us live. Um, you can subscribe, like this video, and join us the conversation in the chat. We want to hear from you. But yeah, there was a lot going on this weekend. We got a lot of really positive results, really defiant results, I'm going to say, across the league, which yeah. gives a little inside look into certain teams that maybe we hadn't seen enough from that I'm mm -hmm. excited to dive into. But um, on this Sunday morning, there was some other news that happened as well right before we went live. Quite frankly, just literally right before we were going live. We were off mic. We were going through our rundown. We were you know, trying to retweet the links, letting people know, hey, hop on, join us. And uh, unfortunately, some injury news uh, coming up here uh, at the top of the hour before we were, you know, getting ready to go live around uh, Katerina Macario uh, recently announced that uh, she has torn her ACL and uh, will be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, that coming on her direct social media accounts, uh, retweeted as well from the U.S. Women's uh, National Team. And uh, she's she's already locked in, saying that uh, it's going to be a challenging recovery, uh, but that she believes that uh, God's in control of everything, and she has no doubt that with the right support system, patience, and hard work, she'll be back better and hungrier than even before. But the news uh, dropped, and... Quite frankly, we were shocked when we saw it and a little bit horrified, I think, if I'm being uh, as honest and frank as possible. Just, uh, yeah, you, you hate to, to see that or hear that that happened uh, for a young player like that of, of, of her caliber incredibly sad to hear and to see um, it, the only positive, I guess, is that she seems to be in good spirits and, and knowing that she's got a recovery ahead of her, but she's starting that and she's on her way. Um, this is a player that just won Champions League with Lyon in Europe. Uh, she plays alongside Lindsay Horan, another U.S. women's national team midfielder. So with World Cup qualifiers coming up this summer, this definitely changes things for the U.S. team. Um, besides, I mean, personally, of course, like, speedy recovery to cat are, are 
everything goes out to her. I mean, this is just heartbreaking. This is a, this is a lot of ACLs we're seeing this year that has happened uh, across uh, like the U.S. women's national team. I mean, um, Tierna Davidson, center back for the U.S., who plays for Chicago, now Katarina Macario. Um, Lynn Williams is on a season-ending injury as well. It seems to be her hamstring. This is just one after the other after the other. It's it's horrible. And this changes things for Vlakwendinovsky and the U.S. team ahead of qualifiers that are coming up this summer. There's a international window coming up in June, uh, just a week or so away. So because of that, this changes how that roster will look. Um, I know we're touching on it right now, but we will also have Lori Lindsay on tomorrow yeah. for the U.S. Women's National Team Hour to talk about this, uh, to talk about the World Cup roster for the U.S. and now who Vlako Andonofsky puts into that 23-player roster. So YouTube for the U.S. Women's National Team Hour tomorrow. We go live from 3 to 4 with Lori Lindsay join, and, and you can hear her thoughts on this horrible news out of Katerina Macario about her ACL. Yeah, I um, I'm I'm eager to hear what what somebody like Laura Lindsay has to her take mm-hmm. on it. Um, you know, someone who's not unfamiliar with having to to come back from from injury uh, her, herself uh, and just sort of get the you know maybe the mindset of of what comes next, right? For for something like this, and um, you know, we're we're locked in on a on a three. We we want to start. We're looking ahead already to something like the. The CONCACAF W Championship that's going to be taking place in, in July had some fun things lined up. Like we're going to be doing, you know, 23-player rosters that we want to see go. So this is this is some some stuff that, uh, you know, puts other things in perspective for us, you know, where we're going to have to maybe take a, a real deep look at, at the forward line and, and the midfield core in terms of what that could look like in, in July and, quite frankly, moving forward. So um, we'll see, but, you know, best wishes in, in terms of a recovery for for Katerina Macario. But uh, because it broke so so early, we didn't want to hop on here and just dive into NWS action without being able to react to that a little bit with our listeners here before uh, diving into the uh, the games that took place over this weekend. So speedy recovery to Katerina Macario. And uh, we are going to be talking about some weekend matches here across NWSL, uh, all 12 clubs in action, six matches between uh, Friday and Saturday that took place. Let's let's start uh, with maybe the high-scoring affairs here with NWSL this weekend. We had a couple of blowouts. We had a handful of blowouts uh, taking place this weekend. And uh, I know that in, in some of our previewing, we were saying, like, we want to see some maybe some little lopsided scorelines. I know it's a, a couple of these teams, that's, that's what we were asking of them and I think some of them deliver, but we're going to start. <laughs> we have to start with the highest scoreline of the weekend, which is Houston Dash against Orlando Pride, putting up five goals on Orlando Pride, a hat trick for Nichelle Prince. Lisa, <laughs> maybe let's start with, with the picks. We did a preview of this game. I think we both went, uh, you know, we went with Houston. This one, so yay for being correct in that. But I don't yeah, think we both we... went with Houston. But did either of us imagine <laughs> five goals for Houston? I'm no. like, I don't think we're like, I don't think we could have imagined a, a five nothing scoreline um, for for this team, or maybe even a hat trick uh, for oh. for Houston and and, and Michelle Prince. But um, I'm here for it. I think. Oh, um, yeah. I think coming out of this game, when we're seeing these performances from this Houston Dash side, one of the things that was surrounding this team was the fact that they 
had to start off their regular season with some unfortunate headlines around the club. So they had to start off their regular season being eliminated from Challenge Cup contention. They had to start off their regular season uh, without their head coach and James Clarkson, who was asked to, uh, you know, was recommended to be uh, suspended or removed away from the team as an ongoing uh, investigation is currently underway. This is something that is stemming from 2021, where there is just a collective investigations that are going on between the league and players association uh, just across the league um, in terms of investigating certain uh, certain things. And so they based on recommendation, they said we're going to be moving forward this season uh, with Sarah Loden as the interim uh, for now. So there hasn't been an update um, in terms of the ongoing investigations right now with James Clarkson, Houston Dash, the league, the Players Association. Um, and because of that, that is why there is that title still over Sarah Loden of the interim uh, head coach. Uh, don't We don't have any intel in terms of what that's going to mean for the future of this club. But in the event, I think the Dash find themselves uh, needing to look for a permanent solution. I don't know how you look at this start for this club and how they're playing and reacting with uh, Sarah Lonan and not and not give her the nod. I mean, it's a, it's a really impressive start that we're seeing out of this Houston dash side, getting, getting results and picking them up and getting them over. Not just people might, might look at level of competition here and say, okay, so you put up five goals against Orlando, but this is a team that also went into Portland and yeah. took it to them and came out with a win there. So um, just some good stuff from the dash to start this season. Completely. I think the conversation right now about Sarah Loudon, the interim head coach that stepped into this role, is a really good conversation to be able to take a team that wasn't necessarily yours, you were an assistant on and be able to change things um, says a lot about Loudon and, and what she can do with the player personnel that she's been given. But when we looked at this matchup between Houston and Orlando, I mean, yeah, huge props to Michelle Prince. She got that first hat trick. And even after that first goal, the confidence changed in Prince and she was more willing to go at the goal and take those shots and take a little bit more risks. But Sandro, you always usually ask me about the starting lineups and this starting lineups that we got for both Houston and Orlando. I was shocked at Orlando because they were missing Carrie Lawrence in the back line. Celia was also out. And those are two outside back defenders for Orlando and Amanda Cromwell that have been consistent in those roles, especially Carrie Lawrence. And to not have them in there, it had Gunny Yon's daughter dropping from a midfield position to an outside back roll, along with Carrie Abello, who was a rookie for Orlando. So immediately, uh, as I saw that starting lineup, I'm circling those outside backs because Yon's daughter is an incredible defender and she's a, a great player in the midfield, but to rotate her into an outside back position it's a different role. It's very different. And when you're going up against Maria Sanchez and Michelle Prince, uh, a Prince and Sanchez had to be chomping at the bit to get into those open spaces. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, 3-0 at halftime. And uh, it was Sanchez and Prince occupying those spaces where there were newer outside backs in the role for Orlando. Um, a, a really nice job at, at doing that and finding those spaces, the weaknesses of your opponents, and then really digging your fangs in and going at that. And that's exactly what Houston did. We have to give a shout out to Rachel Daly as well, because she was involved in every single part of the attack that Houston had. Um, it was such a big game for Daly. Now she's 
leaving Houston. She goes to Europe for the Euros with England. So I think a, a way for Daly to leave and kind of put her stamp on this league and this Houston team before she heads overseas was really impressive to see. Um, Jane Campbell and goal for Houston had a really good game. It was an it was the complete picture for Houston. And we have not seen that against Portland. We saw great moments and we saw, uh, I mean, Rachel Daly doing what Rachel Daly does and getting these goals and, and good moments, but it was a full 90 minute game of 11 players on the pitch for Houston competing really well, putting a high press on winning the ball back. Um, all five goals came in the run of play, none of them from set pieces, which I thought that's pretty impressive to do. It's one thing to score off set pieces. It's one thing to score in the run of play. And yeah. in a variety of ways, crosses into the box, long balls over top, balls on the ground, shots, headers. It was a variety of goals from Houston. It was yeah. it was, it was, was a good game. I think Rachel Daly had a quote after the game, <laughs> something like unbelievable. Like, I think this was the best we've ever played collectively. Those are, yeah, you get ants. After yeah. homes like that. I mean, I, I think a huge part of it too is that quite frankly, you know, this is a league in which score lines like that don't happen often. I no. think you can maybe con them off on, on your hands the, the, the amount of times where there's been like a five goal plus. And it, honestly, it could have been six or seven. I think Michelle Losey. Yeah, one got one, called off. I think. Yeah, one got <laughs> called off. There was another one. Michelle Losey could have had one towards the end of the game. She got yeah. subbed on and she ultimately got the fifth goal that happened for Houston. But I think she could have had another one. It was almost like a, a copy and paste situation. Yeah. She scored the second one. So it was like seven nothing. Are you kidding me? You know, I think. For me, I think what's most impressive about Houston, or just with this game specifically, is is how much they're doing um, with how little they're doing. Mm -hmm. I guess if that makes sense. I mean, we're t just with this game alone. I mean, they had less of the possession. Uh, they had less touches, far less touches on the ball. We're talking 576 total touches to 731 from the Pride. They uh, were not great in their passing percentages uh they i think were under 70 percent in this one compared to orlando with over 80 percent and their pass attempts into the final third again under uh, almost under 60 percent it's i think it's 63 compared to, to orlando pride so i think these these goals coming in on some of these services into the box were just incredibly well-timed well executed yeah. crosses or services or passes over the top and into the box, uh, just making it count when they needed to make it count. And I think that is, if anything, that makes it even more impressive <laughs> even when you're doing when you're creating this much or doing this much um, with the little that maybe you're doing in some of the other uh, statistical areas. Uh, when we're looking at Orlando Pride, though, in this one. This is a team that uh, had put together a, a string of results, you know, at one point and now coming off of a tough loss like this, we saw some pretty good looks from Sydney um, LaRue in, in this match. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, not having Johns that are available or, or maybe moving her out of kind of that deeper midfield role, maybe kind of came back to, to bite, <laughs> kind of came them. back to bite them in, in this one. Again, yeah. I don't think you make that adjustment and say, we're going to lose this 5-0. <laughs> but it was evident that something was not working there for them, and, and that was uh, part of it. But huge, massive win for uh, for the Dash here. And uh, really, I think, 
good way to start off their their June. Good way to sort of you know bid farewell to to somebody like uh, Rachel Daly, who's so big for them in, in the team. But uh, we've got some more uh, lopsided scorelines to get through here. Portland Thorns versus Angel City. This one ending in a three zero scoreline and the way of Portland taking all three points with all three of those goals. I, I got to say, this was another, another match um, for me. I th- well, I think for both of us, Lisa, we went Portland in this one. We're looking at yes. picks. Um, so we both went Portland uh, in this one, but this is uh, another one where uh, I think you can, we can maybe echo some similar, um, similar sentiments here, right? Less, less possession for Portland, um, less, less touches, total touches on the ball. Um, the, the passing percentages are maybe a little bit more level there uh, between uh, these, these two teams, but uh, making it count. I mean, Sophia Smith oh, making yeah. sure that this team um, got on the board early with the service to, to Kelly Hubley and Kelly Hubley putting this away and, and getting a goal. So you're talking the opening 15 minutes, you're, you're already up one zero, um, against the opposition and then just minutes later uh, you have Sinclair getting on the ball again so they have this 2-0 lead going into halftime and then just past the hour mark it's Sinclair again making it 3-0 I almost kind of felt like is this it was this going to be a game that was going to have a really big lopsided scoreline 5-0 yeah like maybe like Houston right I was like oh geez I was like uh, maybe it's something in the water about these matches that took place on on uh, you know uh during the late later nights, you know, we talk about NWSL after dark all the time, but I'm just like, geez, I'm like, maybe it's just one of these things that are, uh, it's going to be sort of a theme this, this weekend. But um, yeah, no, I love it. And I think, I think for, for the Portland side of things, I, if anything, I'm, I'm really enjoying kind of the link up. I'm enjoying the assists more than maybe, maybe the uh, execution or the finishing, you know, uh, Smith, Sugita, you know, Janine Becky getting on the scoreboard with, with that assist to Sinclair. I think that's a very, very promising for a team. I think that's been looking for maybe a little bit of a, a bigger scoreline. Oh, completely. This is Portland's first win since April 30th. They are back on the winning side of things, and they did it in a very commanding way. And I was impressed with the Portland side that we saw. We knew, we knew what we were getting. In the first 10 minutes, I was like, okay, Portland's getting a goal. It's coming any second now. 15th minute, it came off a corner kick. Kelly Hubley gets her first NWSL career goal. Um, love to see it when a center back gets a goal. Sandro, we love it here at attacking third. But this, it, it was great for Kelly Hubley, but it was like Portland was bursting at the seams with all the attack they had, all of the pressure that they were putting on Angel City's back line. We saw for Angel City, Tyler Lucy in the back line again, um, playing in that outside right back position. She actually had a, a goal line save after a goal from or a shot, excuse me, it was a Smith and then Sinclair took a shot from it and Lucy was able to save this off the goal line. But yeah, I mean, Danny Fitzpatrick, I agree. Sophia Smith, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> this player was everywhere all over the pitch. She looked confident in her abilities. She looked like she knew what she was doing. She knew exactly the holes that she needed to get into. She was playing off of Sinclair so well, which we've seen. We've seen them have that great chemistry and be able to go back and forth with each other and read each other and play off of each other. But the chemistry between Sinclair and Smith was really impressive and fun to watch. Smith was getting better shots on goal, better opportunities in front of the goal where she she maybe didn't do that in the last five or so games with Portland. It was like, come on, Smith, you got to put those away. And now we saw her 
uh, playing much more to her potential and much more relaxed and, and comfortable. She, um, on the corner kick, she got the assist for Kelly Hubley's goal, and she was instrumental in both of Christine Sinclair's goals. Uh, as you mentioned, Becky, yes. huge job for her. There was also a goal called back for yeah. Portland, so it could have been four or nothing yep. in this match. And, and fortunately, um, Sophia Smith got the yellow card called against her in that play, so the goal was called back. But this was a fast paced game. Portland controlled it despite not having the possession in the numbers wise Portland controlled this game. Um, it was almost like big brother Portland putting little brother angel city <laughs> in their position a, a little bit. As we talked about in the challenge cup, Portland won the first one and then angel city won that second yeah. matchup and spoiled the challenge cup playoffs for Portland. And now yeah, Portland I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I think like when we were doing a preview of some of these matches, like some of them and, and making our picks, we were like, there's going to be, you know, there's these matches where you have these teams going up against each other, where there's that familiarity from the challenge cup. And, and maybe that leads to clogged games a little bit, or, or, or maybe they're just kind of like games that kind of grind out because of the repetitive nature of playing the same team over and over. But that I think for the thorns in this one, we didn't really see that as much. I'm, I'm with you on Smith. Everyone's, you know, sort of responding and reacting to Smith's, um, uh, you know, presence on the pitch for for the Thorns, and um, yeah, I'm loving what we're seeing from her as, as a player. Just you know, even even in this game, you know, getting getting the uh, assist in this match, uh, leading the team in chances created during this match. You know, with, with four second behind Sinclair and um, in total shots, I believe in in this one as well. It's not just so much that she's someone who who can who can be uh, you know clinical in front of now. We we've seen that. I think it's an area that she's still working on early in, in the season, but it's also just her creation and her ability to just kind of stretch these back lines and kind of open up lanes a bit for her teammates that kind of keeps that attack looking, um, you know, maybe unpredictable, I think for, for some of the oppositions and uh, tough, tough day, I think at the office for, for Angel city, when we're looking at the angel city side of things, um, I think maybe we got to take a look at how this is going to be a new month for them. The, it was an yeah. impressive May that we saw from from Angel City, but now we're looking ahead. It's it's a new it's a new month in in, in the regular season here, and I think maybe what we're going to start to see is maybe a a little bit of difference. I think in competition when it comes to seeing some of these teams moving forward. I mean, you have a lot of the narrative during that first month of regular season play where there's all you we heard it from all all the teams. Quite frankly, whenever we were getting on calls with them or participating in media availabilities. It's about still establishing your level of play, figuring out team identities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We hear that verbiage coming out from these teams, but if something happens when you start, when you trek into that second month of the regular season, that stuff is starting to get figured out yeah. a little bit. Um, and I think even though you had so much familiarity between these two teams uh, that you see a team like Portland that has certain levels of experience on it within their, you know, some of their young, uh, you know, players on the team that kind of show through in these moments. Um, I mean, a Christine Sin Sinclair Brace, I think that's part of what what tells yeah, the story of, of a match like this as well. So uh, good, good on them. I, I know this was a team. I think I said I was like I, I want. I guess I'm going Portland, but I wanted to see a little bit more of a statement win. I'm like I need to see more goals from this team, and, and we got it in this one. 
Yeah, we definitely did. I, I want to look a little bit at stats just before we close out on this yeah. side because Angel City, they've they've generated so many corner kicks throughout this regular yeah. season. 15 last weekend, and they couldn't get a goal. 13 against Portland. So, yeah, Portland gave away 13 corner kicks, but Angel City needs to be capitalizing on those set-piece opportunities at uh, they, it needs to happen. If you're getting that many opportunities in and around your box to send balls in, you have to have a variety of plays that you can do, whether it's low driven balls to the near post, you're playing it short. We saw that a number of times. Wait till we get to Kansas City game. That's how they scored both their goals, but playing it short, change of direction and getting the ball in there, lofting it towards the back post. You have to have a variety of plays and be able to capitalize on those opportunities. And, and Angel City's just not there yet. Um, with the amount of corner kicks that they're generating, I'm disappointed in the lack of result that we're getting from them on those corner kicks. Yeah, I think that's an area where it's like you're looking at areas of which maybe they can try to improve on. And I think maybe moving forward into the the matches remaining in, in uh, the month of June for them, it's something that they're perhaps going to try to I'm keep an always, eye on, you know, that, that could gonna... be that could be like a, a little X factor for this team if they you know can work on that and get that right. Completely. I'm always picking out something that teams can get better at. Come on. That's all we do here. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's take a look at this final lopsided scoreline uh, for the high scoring affairs over the weekend. Racing Louisville FC versus North Carolina Courage. I think for the picks in this one, Lisa, what, what did we break down in this one in the preview? Um, you had North Carolina. I had a draw between these draw? two sides. It was uh, my draw was also contingent on Caroline being back. Um, she was back for North Carolina. Not only was she back, she got a start. We saw Dr. Nadia Nadim on the bench and also get minutes for racing Louisville. There are just so many storylines around this game, but of course, North Carolina wins three, nothing over racing Louisville, a another dominant win. Uh, that we saw in the first win for North Carolina in this regular season, which is shocking. Yeah, I think, uh, listen, I, I don't blame you there. I think this is a team that we wanted to see, uh, you know, we wanted to see the success of their Challenge Cup translate into the regular season because this is a team that we were used to seeing getting results, getting wins during that moment. And it wasn't necessarily something that we saw translating into this first month of regular season action, but uh, now here they are. They, you know, going up against the uh, Louisville on the road, um, making some noise pretty early in this, getting on the board very, very early opening five minutes to being it a Kurtz. Boom. You, you, you are, I think are already setting the tone right there. Uh, having somebody back in the mix, like a Caroline, I think uh, sort of maybe, re-energizes your team a little bit. This is a, a player that they were um, very clearly excited to, to add to the roster and, and to the locker room. And I think, um, you know, the, the few having the ankle sprain and being out uh, for the month of May and now getting, you know, back on the pitch and getting yeah. her legs back underneath there, I think is going to be helpful for this team moving forward. Uh, but uh, having that early, early start to this match and then kind of, Adding another one just before halftime with Matthias to Ordonez, I think that maybe kind of it's like a bookend a little bit. I think totally. for that first half, right for for this team, and it's you're you're down if you're the uh, the the other side of the pitch, you're, you're down to zero going into half, and that's maybe not that's not an unmanageable game, right? I think if you're looking at things for from the other side, but you know again we're talking about maybe some putting some numbers out here. 
you know, in terms of these matches, uh, you know, Louisville, again, just despite seeing a ton of time on the ball, they had the majority of possession in this one. And you, we hear a lot about how this league, it's a very, very transitional league. And this, I think, is another one of these games where we just sort of saw that you don't need a ton of the ball. Uh, yeah. If you're going to if you're going to come out and, and get these type of results. It, yes. Um, the numbers and, and the scoreline of this one, I don't think it's necessarily entirely indicative of how the game played out. Um, Washington, or excuse me, Racing Louisville had chances. They had moments. They they had the ball, as you mentioned, had a lot of possession. Jess McDonald had good looks um, in yeah. the 25th minute or so. She had a yeah. bullet of a shot off the post. Um, there was, it was a breakaway moment for Racing Louisville. And that's, that's what we saw, right? We saw those moments where Racing Louisville had that high press, which is something Kim Bjorkegren wants yeah. his team to do, win the ball back higher, and then quickly look to go and, and attack. And North Carolina's defense is organized, right? When looking at these starting lineups, I mean, Caroline was back in the starting lineup. Um, there was Deanna Ordonez, Brianna Pinto, Dabinia, Caroline, and then the back line really strong for North Carolina with Pickett and Matthias and Casey Murphy in goal. So uh, North Carolina had full strength uh, across the board in their starting 11. So because of that, you, you give a lot of credit to the defensive abilities of North Carolina because Racing Louisville didn't make it easy. It wasn't an easy game for North Carolina to defend because Jess McDonald was very dangerous when she got the ball. Amina Ekic subbed on for Racing Louisville in the second half, and she created a lot of opportunities on transition, getting the ball at her feet, creating opportunities. Um, it was a quick game because Louisville was looking to go fast in transition, and North Carolina also does that. But it, the fact that this opening goal for um, – North Carolina came in the fourth minute that hurt racing Louisville, right? Like that was a bit of a dagger. And then getting that second goal right before the halftime, it's different going into the locker room down one nil at, at a goal that came in the fourth minute versus down yeah. two nil, a goal that came at the start of the half. And at the end of the half, there's so many more pieces now that you have to pick up and put back together. And then uh, of course, Dabinia ends up netting the third for North Carolina. And this was, a beautiful goal. It was an incredible ball yeah. over the top. She was not offside. Not Stop at making all. all the way at stoppage time, like final yeah. stoppage time. And, and it game, was a great so. goal. She was wide open. It was, I liked this game a lot, actually. I liked yeah. what we saw from it and everything that came about it, but you can't just look at stats because yeah. it doesn't tell you exactly what happened or score no. lines. Cause I yeah, think like I, I, there was a, there was a goal it. that was called mm -hmm. off. I think at one point, yeah. and it, like you could see, and, and then the stretch of the second half, it was a different second half. I think for this racing Louisville side, you know, mm -hmm. you, when you're looking at kind of that insurance goal coming from the courage, I'm, yeah, I'm pointing it out because it came in 90th minute plus stoppage time, you know, and I'm just kind of like, well, that's because within maybe that second half, Louisville was, you know, making their effort to sort of get back in, in the game. And, um, you know, that's soccer. Sometimes you can't control how the, game. the officials see things or, or don't see things. Um, I thought she was on, uh, McDonald was on for, for that but you know moments like that you wonder if if the goals allowed or they could shift things a little bit but perhaps i i liked what we saw from from louisville more in the second half than we saw um you know in in that first half kind of maybe leveled things out a, a little bit you know if you do want to look at at the stats on this one if you do want to look at the numbers you know the the 12 to 10 shots for 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 louisville or even the attempts on goal 
three to five compared to to North Carolina. But um, I think if you're North Carolina, this is a game that you're looking at and just sort of maybe saying, yes, <laughs> here it is. Here is the game that we've been looking for to maybe kind of, you know, sit, that sets the catalyst in motion for them to kind of maybe go on a bit of a, of a run here, have a streak uh, because it was a, the month of May was, a, I think, a tough one for, for this team, among other teams, um, trying to sort of get their footing back in from Challenge Cup and then into the regular season. But uh, that's it for the lopsided uh, high-scoring affairs for NWSL. We've got three more matches to get through uh, in, the, uh, in the episode, and we're going to do that after a quick break. All right, let's get back to it. Three more games to get through where the difference was just one. Let's start with Chicago Red Stars versus OL Reign. 1-0 in this match to go ahead and take a look at the difference. All three points for Chicago just on one goal. I think we got different things to talk about when it comes to these two teams going head-to-head. Chicago Red Stars, I think I think this is the game where maybe I really got to ask you, Lisa, about the starting 11s um, more than anything else because the Red, Stars, the Red Stars find themselves uh, in, in the full swing of their kind of heavy match load portion of their schedule going up against an old rain side that uh, are coming off of a, a regular full week of preparation. Uh, but there are some player rotations coming into play for the Chicago Red Stars because of their current scheduling. And you have an all rain side with quite frankly, just an incredibly talented roster that also has Mm -hmm. a lot of experience on it as well. And I think uh, in this one, we have to note that we have to note that for the Red Stars, they had a ton of first year players, um, going into this match yeah. against OL Reign. Completely. I mean, starting lineups, when we look at OL Reign, no Jess Fishlock, no Megan Rapino. So those were big, big losses. I think Jess Fishlock, a little bit more surprising to me than Megan Rapino, who's been in and out most recently, out with a bit of a back injury. But for Chicago, Mallory Pugh getting the start. We talked about her getting limited minutes in the midweek action, coming off the bench. And and I think we both dubbed that she would get the start in this match. But Ava Cook, Griffith, Aguilera, really impressive and fun to watch these young players in this league. I mean, Ava Cook, I am, I'm blown away by this player. I'm loving watching how she's playing, um, her movement off the ball, her ability to combine with Pew. It's interesting because it's like the Pew game for, for Chicago. When you look at the stats, right? She scores the goal. She's the one that got the game winner here for Chicago, but it's so many other pieces around Pew that are bringing it all together. And a huge part of that goes for the rookies. And, and then when you look in the midfield at, um, Cola Prico, who's helping hold this team together as a veteran on this side, who can uh, really lead all these rookies and and what they're doing in these young players. But um, this, the goal from Pew, I mean, she had a number of opportunities, but it was the opening seconds of the second half. And that's a way to come out of the locker room, right? And and for OL Reign defensively, um, they're 
first mistake, which is the only mistake you can't make against Mallory Pugh, is letting her out of your eyesight because that's what happened. They, they were marking her, marking her. The ball was played in and around. And then it went to the other side, and you just see Pugh float away from the rain defender, and she becomes wide open. And when you give her that much space, which is not that much, it's about half a yard, but that's too much space for Pugh, she can get the ball, and she's so composed, and she can finish those types of balls. She looked like so casual finishing this ball. It was a beauty. Yeah. It, it was really such a nice goal from Mallory Pugh. Um, yeah, I, I was, uh, I love the goal too. I was covering this game um, in the press box and watching it live. There were, there were a couple things that were like running through my head as, as I was sort of taking all this in. It was that we're still seeing some of the same uh, issues, some of the same problems for, for all rain. Uh, in terms of their attack and their finishing. And we're seeing the continuity for Mal Pugh and sort of being this kind of elite player for a team like the Red Stars, a team that has come into 2022 with a ton of first-year players. We're talking players who were selected in the draft, players who went undrafted and just got you know called into the Red Stars. Um and uh, other players who are maybe not, you know, are still getting up to speed to the level of play in, in terms of uh, NWSL. And just sort of seeing this, I, I was also very excited to watch All Rain live because uh, I had the same sentiments watching them last year. It was like, oh, like we're going to get a chance to see somebody like a, a Lace Mayer or somebody like a Jennifer Marozan or, or, or Buadi, et cetera. Right. But I still had that same feeling around this team watching them th this year. I think, I still think the rain are in terms of the, the talent across the rosters is one of one of the most talented squads in the league. And I think even with their starting 11 without a, a fish, like it's, it was a pretty strong, uh, pretty strong starting lineup to have on the road mm -hmm. uh, against yeah. Chicago, but I think maybe something interesting to note is is that this is a team. This is a rain side, you know. And Laura Harvey too, under Laura Harvey, they they've struggled a little bit at times at uh, in Bridgeview at SeaGeek Stadium. There, it's it, the record's not particularly great uh, for that. But it was something I was I was curious is if maybe that's out the window with with this type of roster and, and the talent that they that they have on it. But we saw from the rain <laughs> trying to make things happen. And, and maybe people didn't see this on, on the stream, but looking at even just stream stream was a little hard to see at times. Just seeing the kickoff, just seeing the kickoff from my perspective of the press box, you saw all rain line up over the ball and get ready to kick off. And they overloaded the left side. They had three players. It was, it was, it was Lavelle, Latsko. It was their front three. And it was like, well, maybe they're going to just, and they did. They tried to lob it really quickly and, and, and generous, but didn't work out. And it just, I think the, um, you have to give, you have to give some of these first year players some, a big chunk of credit. Uh, I had to shout out Gio Aguilera in this one, uh, a rookie just getting, I think, second regular season start. That's a tall order to be tasked to mark a player like Sofia Huerta. Um, mm -hmm. And watching this sort of kind of collective effort to kind of isolate her a, a little bit from the game, I think sort of paid dividends in that, in that first half, especially because when you go into a second half, a zero, zero, you know, at this point it's, it's anyone's game uh, in the second half. And I think to have 
Mal Pugh just sort of do what she did very early in that second half, I think only benefits a team like the Red Stars who are trying to, you know, who are on short rest in this one. It was a quick turnaround, having to go through some player rotation of, of their own and then go ahead and be able to sort of get uh, this result. I think I, if you're one of the young rookies of the Red Stars, you should be really, really proud of this result because we're talking about these couple performances from from going up against the Thorns, then going up against mm -hmm. Washington Spirit, and now going against Orlando. These were all uh, very competitive matches that we saw from these Red Stars, despite the, the some of the results. Yeah, incredibly competitive. I honestly was very pleased with what I saw, and and. I don't think we give enough credit to Fallon Tillis Joyce, goalkeeper for OL Reign, um, because yeah. this game easily could have been three nothing for Chicago. Um, yeah. And Fallon Tillis Joyce just really did a nice job stepping up, making huge saves, which is frankly what she's done throughout this entire season. And that's why she's been so good. Six saves against Chicago in this match. But yeah, I mean, so much credit to Chris Petroselli and what he's been able to do with young players at Chicago and, and bring them in, get them bought into the type of game that Chicago wants to play, despite having a lot of rotation in their players. Um, but yeah. yeah, I like this game. There was some, uh, a bit of technical difficulties on the Twitch stream. It was a Twitch exclusive for this I one. I seeing reaction. I, I was chatting with, I knew you were at the game and I was chatting with our social media manager and I was like, is it me? How's how's your internet? How's yeah. my internet? What's happening here? But um, second half was much better with that. So I'm glad you were at the game so we could get some in-depth analysis about uh, how the teams were lining up. So thank you, Sandra. Doing yeah, the no, it was just something that was like, I was like, that's very, very curious. I was like, oh, they're going to overside this, this uh, overload the, the left side here. But it just... Um, I don't know if they just got away from that a little bit, maybe thought that they were able to, you know, go ahead and uh, dictate some things, um, you know, wide and through and, and through the middle at times. But it just it just didn't it just wasn't um, just wasn't happening for them. It's just uh, you could it's another one of these matches where you're like you're seeing the build up from this team and the finishing even there. But even within this game, I think we weren't necessarily even seeing that from from the rain either i mean the red stars limited the rain to one shot on goal in this match with over five total attempts um in the game so it's just uh i think you could you could see the the frustration i think it seemed like uh seemed like the rain's kind of post game and and sort of seeing that they just weren't happy with the with the result in this one i think if you're the team coming in with the full week of, of preparation and rest, you want to, you want to take it to the other team that's on, you know, a, a quick turnaround with heavy legs yeah. and, and, and first year players. Um, but uh, I, I love that. Uh, I do. I, I was in, in the press box watching the game and I was like, Oh, this is going to be fun for me. <laughs> Lisa to talk about. Cause I think this, we both finally went like Chicago in this one. Although I was like nervous. I'm like, well, they they, they, maybe hell it could maybe, be a draw and uh for for all rain i think they just did it a little they figured it out a little too late i think um in this game because we saw a lot of promising things i think in in the wider spaces for the rain but um down down the end of the stretch and they just quite frankly i think ran out of time so um congrats to uh to all those first year red stars getting uh getting a win against the pretty talented team another game that had a narrow scoreline gotham fc versus washington spirit gotham taking all three points in this one 
1-0 with a goal from Midge Purse. I think we're going to echo maybe some similar sentiments here. Lisa, I, I just want to start. Let's just start talking about it right here from the jump before we actually get into the game stuff. Uh, the Spirit have had quite the match load to yeah. begin 2022. And getting to see this match, it just... I think we're still seeing how kind of exhausted this team is. And uh, it's just, it's getting a little tough. I think if it's hard for them to play, I think it's, it's starting to get a little tough to even watch. Yeah. I mean, and they're not done. They still have a game on Wednesday coming up. They, they play again in, in two days time, three days time. Um, It's, it is tough to see kind of uh, what has happened with this Washington spirit side. And also they, uh, before this match, um, there was a bit of an availability report that came out for these sides and um, Washington was hit with a little bit of COVID protocol and then some other players out knowing like Kelly O'Hara was still listed as out. There was just a a number of rotational players there. Uh, Trinity Rodman, not on the avail like not on a substitute list. This is the first game that she didn't start for uh, the Red Star or for Washington. And because of that, I mean, this poor Washington team, right? They've just been hit and hit and hit and hit. And honestly, it's not done because they play again on Wednesday. And I think that's hurting them. Even towards the end of this match, you could hear Chris Ward um, on the stream saying like, when is this game done? How much time is left? What's happening? Because uh, as a player like Andy Sullivan coming back from a bit of an injury and now getting consistent minutes and having to be a player to step up and and play all of these minutes is hard on her. And when we look at Hatch and Sanchez, I mean, Hatch getting a 90 minute game, like it, uh, this is rough. This is a rough time for Washington. They're almost done this stretch, but I mean, I'm I'm happy for Gotham to take advantage of the tired legs of Washington and be able to get a get a goal and get a win because that Gotham needed that. I mean, neither of us had Gotham winning this game. Um, no. I had it listed as a draw, or excuse me, I had Washington in this one, and you had it listed as a draw. I thought Washington was going to squeak it out, but um, Margaret Purse she gets a goal for Gotham, which was a long time coming for Margaret Purse yeah. and a long time coming for Gotham. Yeah, I, you know, I, something in angle that, again, that we were talking about during the preview is this was Challenge Cup familiarity between these teams. So I think the familiarity between these two teams having played each other already a couple of times and uh, knowing that the Spirit were going to have another type of exhaustive game for themselves was what pushed me towards potentially getting, picking a draw in, in this one. Um, kudos to, to Gotham for playing the game, you know, that the opposition that was in, in front of them. Listen, this is this is professional soccer. There's um the reality is just that you're not you're not going to get a ton of sympathy uh yeah. if you're the opposition going through them something. That's just the that's just the truth. Um, is it true that the Washington Spirit have had a completely exhausting schedule? Yes. Does that mean that the opposition that you face is going to have a pity for part for you? No, no, they're not. Um, but that being said, I think we still <laughs> chat a little bit about Gotham and that they were not able to maybe 
stack up at least a couple goals on Washington spirit in this one. This listen, thrilled for the goal that the, the breakthrough goal that happened mm-hmm. for 21st this minute, 21st first minute. Half goal. I love that it was a, a you know a bit of a combination or link up with with Anamanu and 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 Purse. Love the 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 extended run that that purse was making. I mean, she wanted to make sure that this ball absolutely got back into the net that she crossed the goal line as well. So I, I love that from, from this Gotham FC side, but I, again, I, I thought maybe there would have been some more for them, but another narrow uh, scoreline in this one, but uh, not for, I think lack of effort. I mean, again, we're, we're talking about, maybe some of the numbers and bringing the numbers in, in, into this match, uh, double the total shot attempts for, for Gotham in this one, 14 compared mm-hmm. uh, to seven from the spirit attempts on goal five to two, uh, you know, in comparison to, to the spirit for shots that were blocked. So there was, there's some things here where you can see that there was a, an effort to maybe try to go ahead and, and take advantage of the fact that there were some, some tired legs. Yeah. Player players, um, out there and for the spirit quite frankly i think they're just trying their best to to deal with this very very heavy match load i mean we saw minutes for marissa sheva in this one lisa yeah i know uh marissa shiva signed just a few days ago and already on the bench and getting minutes for washington spirit um yeah chris ward's looking searching for players um shout out to marissa shiva uh she's a, a local philly gal that i know um so good to see her back in the nwsl but i, I want to call out our chat right now vu he mentioned in your guys opinion can washington come back this is a very long season and yeah. and yeah we have to look at the spell that washington has gone through these last couple of games they just lost and tying the four previous before that it's been a bit of a rough rut yeah. for washington however they're still scoring goals right i mean six goals four yeah. seven against like they're able to find the back of the net i think it's a long season and yeah. right now in the standings washington number 10 but uh we're starting to see Angel City fall off this yeah. high precipice that they were on as an expansion side to start this season. As as good as San Diego has been, I don't think they're going to stay at the top of the standings. So like, there will be so much rotation that happens with the standings. And it's the top six teams that make playoffs. Yeah. Washington will bounce back. It's a very long season. Yeah, yeah, they have international windows where Washington's losing a lot of players, but so are a lot of other teams. I mean, Houston loses a lot of players. There's a lot of players that are coming and going for these international breaks. Washington will be fine. They'll come back. Yeah, I think um, I think I think it's a fair question to ask. So shout out to to VU. But um, I just think that with the expanded competition this year, with two added clubs in Angel City and San Diego and combine that with the type of history that this league has. I mean, it, it was already a league with a lot of. Yeah. parity and, and being praised as one of the most competitive leagues in, in the world. And I just think, you know, based off of we go based off of just general that general history in NWSL, the first half standings of a, of a league table compared to the second half standings of a league table are always completely flipped. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we want to just take where Alex Morgan was last year with Orlando Pride again had a great run of form in the beginning of the season for Orlando. I think had her best season with Orlando to date was that final season that she had with them. 
they went on an impressive seven game undefeated streak huh? and then they got completely they turned over in in the middle of the season had a coaching departure uh players struggled to sort of you know regenerate that sort of early magic that they were doing on, on the pitch and um very quickly fell out of playoff contention um towards the second half of the season. So it's just it's just one of these things that the first half of seasons always maybe look a little bit different compared to to the second half of seasons. And I think that they've got the spirit of got a pretty heavy match load right now, a tough start to the regular season. But that's not to say that maybe they're going to get some relief towards yeah. the later stage, you know, of that, where it really does kind of come down to those final six weeks at times. Um, but it's absolutely something to keep an eye on. For sure, for the moment. I think for the Gotham side of things, I think maybe you're trying to um, maybe just sort of stay stay in the mix <laughs> like yeah. for, for right now when you know you sort of have that experience in the back of your head when you're maybe looking long term of, of running a table during 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 a season where, look, listen, if you just sort of tread water and sort of keep keep pace now and at the beginning, you can maybe try to really make that streak uh, towards the end. And we saw this Gotham team break through. Uh, to to the playoffs there with a with a little bit of help on on decision day. So we'll see if maybe this is a team. Maybe this is a win that perhaps sort of puts in motion some things for this um for this Gotham side. Because despite being a narrow scoreline, I liked what we saw from them. I thought maybe there was going to be a second goal at certain points, but it just goes to show maybe even us kind of exhausted <laughs> spirit side and, and, and kind of maybe that, you know, you have a, a player like Kingsbury, you know, in, in goal, it sort of maybe changes some things. I think in terms of, of the potential for there to be a lopsided scoreline, but points are points, right. And this one, Point, and, uh, got points, are points, for, points are points for sure, but got them their expected goals in this one, 1.46. I think that's yeah. the first time it's been over one all regular season. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point to bring up. I will see if it may, if it's well, they are the just expected goals. I personally don't love the expected goal stat just because uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, I love it. It does matter. It's, <laughs> it's hard for my sucker brain to wrap around because it, yeah, are they actual chances you created, but no, it's like the probability that you're going to score a goal. So like, I'm not a math person. I'm not good at those kinds of stats. I, as my soccer brain, it's hard for me to wrap around what like an expected goal is. But when I saw that 1.46 for Gotham, first time they were over one, that yeah. was a little bonkers to me. I understood that stat. <laughs> you're like, you're like, this is, is that I understand. <laughs> we're going to close it out with a draw in this one. The only match that uh, ended up in a draw this weekend. It's Kansas City Current versus San Diego Wave FC. A 2-2 two, two draw. Both clubs splitting the points here in this one. Oh, gosh. Kansas City. I I thought maybe they were going to you know, shock some, uh, you know, maybe make us uh, regret our prediction. I think we both went San Diego in this one. Yeah, we both had San Diego okay. winning in this match. And uh, honestly, this this game was back and forth, right? I mean, yeah. Kansas City, they, they get an opening goal off a corner kick early uh, 10th minute, 11th minute or so. Kristen Hamilton, she nets this one. It was um, a short pass from the corner kick. So a redirected corner kick, not directly taken from the corner, um, which changed is the angle and the direction that the ball is coming from, which um, proves to be a bit difficult for San Diego defense to keep track of. Kaylin Sheridan in goal, struggling a little bit with that as well. But Kristen Hamilton netting a, a 19th career goal for her. Kansas City going up 1-0. But um, 
who else but Alex Morgan uh, getting an equalizer, but she does it in very classic way this year for Alex Morgan, a penalty kick uh, in the 35th minute, a handball in the box. It looked to be Elizabeth ball for Kansas city. Um, and then Morgan's stepping up to take it. That's her fourth penalty kick that she drilled this year. It was her seventh goal. That was her seventh goal in seventh games, her fourth penalty kick. She ends with a brace on the night. Yep. So she's golden boot leader right now, eight goals in seven games, four of those penalty kicks. Um, Four of the penalty kicks that she scored, she did not draw any of them. But, hey, she's still scoring, finding the back of the net. But I think going in at halftime for these two sides, 1-1 for Kansas City and San Diego, was a good scoreline between these two sides based on what we saw. Kansas City having a lot of control, I think, in in more ways than – um, just one in the ways that they were able to press, win the ball, keep possession of it. I saw really good things from Elise Bennett. Uh, man, this player is going places. She is getting better every single week that we're seeing from her. You can tell that she's putting in the time at training and she's wanting to get better. She ends up getting the second goal for Kansas City, her second of the NWSL season. This is also off a corner kick, a short corner kick with Alex Luera. It's played back and then um, back to Luera, a little one-two pass and and the change of angle into the box. And Elise Bennett gets on the end of it for Kansas City to go up before um, Alex Morgan equalizes for the second time in the 89th minute. This time run of play, though, not a penalty kick. But this is a tough, tough goal to concede, though. I mean, you're talking about closing out a game here. You got to close out this game if you're Kansas City. It was a turnover. uh, It was a turnover in the midfield. And San Diego went quickly in transition, finding Sophia Jakobsen and a great little ball through to the back post. And Alex Morgan... finishing it correctly as she should be doing on that back post, but the giveaway can't happen in the midfield from Kansas city. That can't have a a turnover that late late in the game. if You're going to get punished uh, in in this league. And he he got punished by two, two veterans uh, to do it. You know, Sophia Jakobsen is someone who is new to NWSL, but this is a a Swedish international who knows what it means to kind of be in these late game situations. Alex Morgan is on fire (laughs) right now. So you just, it's, uh, I think it's a tough, tough result to drop up. I think at this point you're saying, yes, we've got all three points in the bag. And then you just, you just don't any anymore. I, I do love what we saw from, from Kansas city. And this one, I love that the, the opening goal was kind of a, attributed to the experience with Labonta to Hamilton. I love that the rookies linked up for the second goal mm-hmm. and in Loera to Bennett and then just to sort of quite frankly drop the ball literally uh, in this one a, a tough one. Um, but uh, splitting the points, uh, walking away with a point I guess is better than walking away with no points. But uh, we're seeing these things from, from Kansas City and again another team where we're just like we really want to see that the Challenge Cup success maybe kind of translate a little bit yeah. more. But uh, maybe with uh, that tough May that they had, maybe this is going to be something where, where they look forward to to sort of ironing things out in the remainder of June. But uh, that's it for all of the games that took place over the weekend. Thank you all so much for joining us live. We appreciate when you spend some time with us. Thank you for listening to Attacking Third. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as videos. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third. If you have questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question and we'll answer it during a mailbag segment. And we'll be back with so much more this week for Sandra and Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was the second third.